Welcome back for Mum Talk Series 6, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine, who was born in September 2018. If you are new here on this podcast, I share my journey as a mum, from pregnancy to life now with a baby, sharing all the highs and all the lows. As we go through this series, I will be joined by knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, and also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in Mum Talk to be honest, real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments. Wherever you may be, thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation. Hello and welcome back to Mum Talk for episode two of series six. So today I am joined by Izzy Judd, a mother to two gorgeous children, wife to Harry Judd of McFly, an incredibly successful musician herself and a Sunday Times best-selling author. Today Izzy joins me to chat about her journey into motherhood and her new book Mindfulness for Mums which released on the 9th of January. If you haven't yet come across it do hunt it down it's absolutely brilliant. I have it on my bookshelf in easy reach and Izzy will go on to explain why it's just so brilliant. I really can relate to the book obviously having been a yoga teacher well still am really. Um, It made me really realise how little time I've been spending being mindful and actually how easy some of the activities that Izzy has put together in this book can actually just bring it all right back and we can make some time for ourselves to be a lot more mindful and encourage our children to do the same. So let's jump straight in. Enjoy today's conversation. Can you start by sharing a little bit about your journey having a family with Harry and your journey into motherhood because I know it hasn't been that easy for you. No, it wasn't straightforward. Um, it's funny, isn't it? You spend all your teenage years trying not to get pregnant. Yeah. And then when you want to get pregnant, it's the hardest thing. Um, so Harry and I got married, and about four months later, um, we started trying for a family. And very quickly, um, I discovered that I had polycystic ovaries. And um, our kind of journey to being parents was not going to be as we had imagined um and what followed was some really dark uh, times I lost a lot of confidence um I didn't know what to say when people said when are you going to start a family um I was incredibly vulnerable and frightened I think it was you know being somebody that suffers with anxiety being out of control um, is one of my biggest triggers and obviously you can't plan when you're going to fall pregnant and I think in the pace of life that we live in where we sort of there's an expectation that things will just happen quickly this was a lesson in realizing that um, actually I have no control over this and um, I went through so many emotions through our kind of fertility journey and uh, in the end I decided to take a complete kind of detox from everything and looked at my overall well-being um, with mindfulness and nutrition uh, and not because I thought that if I did that I would become pregnant, of course I hoped it would help, but more so that I felt better within myself because I had lost who I was completely. Um, And eventually we ended up, um, we had IVF, um, which for me was um, obviously, physically it's very challenging and mentally, but it was also a really magical experience. And I wrote about all that in my previous book, Tear to Dream. Um, 
And then following on uh, from fertility treatment, we conceived my daughter, uh, Lola. Um, and then I found myself in the world of being a mum and being totally unprepared. Mm-hmm. Um, and all my focus had been on healthy pregnancy, um, having suffered a miscarriage and everything we've been through that I hadn't really given much thought to how my life was going to change. And again, change was very much something that triggers my anxiety. So becoming a mum really tested me. um, And that's kind of where the heart of mindfulness for mums comes from, because I knew I needed something um, to help me manage um, the anxieties and the expectations and the chaos um, that I kind of found myself in as a mum. And reading your, um, just the beginning of your book, you mentioned that anxiety really started off very, very young for you when you were, you know, you didn't want to go to bed. And I can actually relate, relate hugely to that. Bedtime was just not a happy time for me um, when I was younger, because again, same as you, it wasn't that I was fearful of the dark, but I just didn't want to be alone. Um, And I never, ever thought of that as anxiety, but there's... Is that when you believe that's when it started and then it kind of followed you through life right into motherhood? I feel, yeah. I mean, I say in the book, you know, at that age, I just didn't know it had a name. No. I knew knew something didn't feel right, but I didn't know that it was anxiety. And it's, it's one of my kind of early memories of waking up in what I now understand to be panic. Mm. Um, And I just wanted to be with somebody else. I just, being alone was just something that I was incredibly fearful of. Um, so anxiety's really been, yeah, with me right going back. And then um, my my family suffered a, a terrible tragedy when my eldest brother um, was involved in a really serious car accident and was left um, severely brain damaged. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, it was sort of triggered that feeling that of being out of control and that one one day everything was fine and the next our life had completely changed and it kind of affirmed my reason for feeling anxious and there was something to be worried about um and then again kind of through my 20s um it it manifested in other ways and so yeah I mean anxiety's kind of been there and mindfulness was the the thing that spoke to me most, the simplicity of just being in the moment right now, not thinking about all the what ifs, all the um, catastrophizing or um, imagining. Um, It was just about simply being where we are right now. And right now I'm breathing, all is well. And that is all we really have. Um, and it was something that just I found hugely supportive. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your book. It's filled with lots of wonderful activities. Yeah. So the idea of mindfulness for mums—it's the title um, 
the reason it says mums is simply because obviously being a mum myself, um, I'm writing it from a perspective of, of being a mum. But obviously for any um, parent or anybody that is just reaching out for a bit of mindfulness, the exercises in the book lend themselves to all sorts of scenarios and you can kind of adapt them to suit you. Um, and the idea really is that it's almost like a kind of handbook that you can pick up and put down kind of on your bedside table. Um, you know, you don't need to think about when am I when have I got time to read a book you can kind of dip in and out and they're just really um short um exercises that you can use so um for example I start off just kind of inviting you to think of um an affirmation um that's yours so that could be so mine that the one I tend to use a lot is let go um another one might be you know all is well um and you use this affirmation throughout the day. So, for example, if you find yourself hot up in a moment where you're feeling overwhelmed or you're very sleep deprived and you just need a moment, you can just ground your feet, um, just drop your shoulders, relax all the tension in your face and just take a few deep breaths. And then as you breathe in for four, hold for two. And as you breathe out for four, you can say this affirmation. Um, kind of in your head and you know you've always got that with you it's like your little tool in your pocket um as a mum that could be you know waiting for the kettle to boil or while you're brushing your child's hair um or perhaps putting your shoes on it's finding these really small moments in the day um to take a pause and as those build up I have found my overall feeling of um, tension or anxiety or frustrations, it just helps to ease. So Mm. I think rather than thinking, you know, oh, mindfulness is another thing that I should be doing, hopefully um, the book kind of gives you these really quick, simple, easy um, tools to use throughout your day. And as they all build up, they kind of add to what could be, you know, like a 10-minute session a day um, just by by grabbing these moments. Mm, absolutely. And I think in modern motherhood especially, there's such, as you were, you were mentioning before we just jumped into the book there, there's such a huge focus on pregnancy, getting your buggy, getting, you know, yeah. all of the baby clothes washed and folded and getting everything ready that actually the postnatal side, post-birth, is often forgot about, let alone the mental side of post-birth and, you know, the emotional side of being a mum and whatever birth you, you know, you had um, is is incredibly overwhelming, as we were saying at the, the very beginning. And just being able to find a few moments to be mindful can bring you right right back um and make everything seem a little bit easier did did you find that that um inspired you for the book your experience absolutely and and also just the fact that I have had anxiety and I wanted to start to give my children the tools to cope with um you know any difficulties they might face whether that's at bedtime or um you know just emotionally and just to start to kind of bring to their attention and their awareness and even you know kind of Lola she's nearly four 
we've been talking a lot about um, the weather and emotions. So mm. kind of thinking of cloudy days being sad days and sunny days being happy days and explaining to her that nothing stays the same. And although we may feel like that one day, this the sky will clear and it will be sunny the next day. And it's that kind of just that um, teaching her the kind of foundations of that principle that, you know, nothing stays the same and all we have really is the moment that we are in. Mm. Um, and, you know, link, I talk about that in the book, emotions and weather and things, and that's a kind of um, language that I, Lola has sort of been able to understand. So um, I think as well, you know, some of the exercises, um, for example, like um, body scans that I do with Lola where uh, I am ask her to kind of imagine a feather and just touching kind of her toes and her feet and, and her legs and we just work up the body to kind of um, calm her down at bedtime and then if she wakes in the night I often use that body scan and it not only supports her and helps her back to sleep mostly um, it's something I can be doing with her that mm. means that hopefully I can stay calm and get back to sleep mm. um, and not let my kind of mental to-do list start ticking over at three in the morning um, well, it's yeah. one of my favorite things the body scan we we would teach that quite a lot in yoga because I'm a yoga teacher as well yeah. um and oh I love it it's so good isn't it it's so relaxing and the fact that you can do it with such such young children um is absolutely fantastic and you mentioned going through your book that a lot of these activities that are marked with a double heart you can actually do with children and you have a um a younger son as well is that right yes so I have um Kit uh, who is two and a bit, um, and he's starting. You know, I what I find really interesting is that I think children are kind of our, you know, they're our greatest teachers mm. because they are present. You know, they are thinking about the moment that they're in, and you know, sort of even just going through the seasons with Lola. You know, when we walk to nursery and what she and Kit are observing you know, we often just take that same route to work or nursery or whatever it is. And we're not really conscious of what we're actually doing because our head is so busy. And our head, our mind and body are so disconnected from one another. Um, And I think that's often, you know, why our breathing is so up high as well. You know, whereas if you watch children breathe, it's very much from their stomachs. Mm. Um, So I've kind of found it really useful sort of, almost going back to thinking like a child um, and sort of observing how they're looking at life um, is actually naturally and instinctively mindful. Mm, Absolutely. Um, Mm. It was funny you mentioned about breathing, actually. I I, uh, went into um, London Zoo just to have a a look around with my daughter and we saw um, one of the tigers there and it was just lying down having a really lovely nap and my friend mentioned, who's also a yoga teacher and is very good at picking up on these things, um, how deep and how low the tiger was breathing and how if we could bring that into our lives more, uh, what, a, what a difference that would make and actually mm. taking um, and looking at animals and looking at how they breathe uh, may well show g- give us a tip or two you know <laughs> yeah. and I don't know about you but I I have to be really kind of um careful that 
you can go through a, like a whole day and not even think about your breath at all. Oh yeah. Mm. Or your body or how you're, you're feeling. And I do a quick kind of check-in in the book. I'm sure you know this, Emma, obviously with all your kind of um, yoga background, but just checking in with um, where your breath is, you know, how your mind is feeling. Is it a bit fuzzy today? You know, are we a bit foggy? Mm. Um how's the body feeling? Are you tired or do you have energy? And it's not, you know, kind of to make any judgment. It's just to bring an awareness to how we are actually feeling. Mm. Um, there was something um, also I found really interesting when I was kind of studying that when we read emails or phone messages, we tend to hold our breath. Really? Uh, every, we will reply very quickly. And obviously yeah. we need the oxygen to get the blood pumping, to get, you know, our minds working properly and actually using technology as a mindful trigger and, and kind of to take a few breaths. So as you go to check your emails, to use it as a moment to, to take a moment to breathe and um, before you respond. Mm. I've just started doing that. Actually, I've actually, I've actually just stopped responding to emails straight away. I'm one of those people who, if I get emails, I will literally try and respond within five minutes, which is ridiculous. Like no one does that, <laughs> and I should definitely not have pressure to do that. So I've now started to leave them overnight, in you know, unless they're urgent, and respond the next day. And my response is completely different to what it would have been had I literally just responded in that second. But um, don't you find, Emma, it's that thing of like, but if I don't reply now, I'm going to get more emails. And then yes. I'll be, and, then I'm like, ah. and actually, yeah. you know, it's that classic multitasking thing, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, and actually, if we just set aside the time, um, you know, then we might be able to get everything done more efficiently than trying to do a thousand things at once. But I mean, the thing is, I, when I talk about this, my good, like, I need this book. I'm, I'm quite highly strung and, you know, to be in control is the way I cope. And so I'm certainly like use these. So it's not that I'm some kind of mindful Buddha all day long, (laughs) (laughs) all the time, you know, and um, I just hope that they, you know, kind of give other, other mums and other people support well, it was wonderfully refreshing looking through your book last night because even though, you know, I've I've worked with a lot of these things myself through my yoga practice and teachings, it's one thing knowing them and one thing implementing them and actually doing them yourself. And mm-hmm. I do find myself, you know, I'll teach them, but then I'll go home and I'll be like, I actually need to do some of what I just did because I'm finding myself, you know, way, way out of being present. So it was it was really wonderful to look through and actually think, yeah, I'm going to do that tomorrow because I could really, really do with that. One of my favorite things that I read last night um, was the mindfulness corner instead of the naughty step. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, again, you know, obviously it's without judgment and every um, parent is doing what they feel is right for their child. But Mm. For Lola, I was just realizing that it just didn't really work for her and it didn't really work for me. Um, and and actually, I was finding that the time of day, I was sort of going, you know, go to this or, or stand in that corner or whatever it might be, um, was usually because we were both tired. Mm. And I, actually, when I would walk away from it, I was like, this isn't her fault. Like, she's had a full day at nursery. She's tired. She hasn't had a nap you know 
she's not, it's not her fault. I was kind of trying to think of it that way. But equally, her behavior was, was challenging me. And I couldn't, um, I wanted to have an alternative, a different option. And I needed my time and space from her as she did from me. So we we set up this kind of mindful corner um, in her room and in it there's like a basket, a uh, fluffy rug. And it, but in the basket is um, like a puzzle and a snow globe um, and uh, some colouring. And I'll just say, do you want to just go and have some quiet time, you know, in your in your corner? And she'll take herself off, and it just gives us that separation mm. um, from each other. Now, Kit, being a boy, <laughs> his thing, you know, he's slightly different. I found with Kit, what he needs in that moment um, is a great big cuddle. <laughs> um, you know, but you just you learn with your children, don't you? You learn what they need. But what I was finding was that. I would lose my temper, you know, that kind of enough feeling, enough, mm. enough, you know, the noise and the, I'm trying to get your tea ready and, you know, I'm trying to help you and, um, and it can be, you know, that build up and build up of emotion and frustration and your shoulders getting higher and higher. Um, and I would shout, but then I'd kind of go to bed and I'd just be like, I feel terrible for shouting and it didn't change the outcome. Mm make it any better so what's another way so the mindfulness corner was sort of yeah just something that has personally worked and I found really helpful and you use it yourself and and I thought it was really lovely in the book how you mentioned about um your children almost mimicking your behavior when they saw you in your mindfulness corner yeah yeah so I think it's, um, you know, as a mum, when do I have time to practice mindfulness? Well, mm. you can take a minute with your children there. So what I would tend to do is set the timer um, on my phone or, or the children would do it. And I'll just sit and I'll just tell them that I'm, that I'm going to just take a pause for a moment and just do some breathing and just calm down. And I might read a book beforehand just to kind of settle them Um and then I will just take a minute and they usually are so kind of intrigued by what you're doing. They either mimic you mm. or I find their play just calms down a bit. Mm. So, um, but again, it's, you know, the more you do, the more you practice, the more these kind of small pockets of time add up and build up. It overall brings your, you know, looks after your own well-being. And, and it's those kind of moments of self-care that I think us mums really need. Oh, yes. Yeah. More than we give ourselves time for, that's for sure. That's it. That's it. And especially, you know, these days when we are juggling so much more. Um, mm. And, you know, I kind of, you know, I'm one of four. And I say to my mum, how did you do it? How did you do it? And she said, life was just so different then, you yeah. know. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Do you do any mindfulness together with Harry? So it's funny you say that. Um, I use a lot of the. There's one in uh, an acronym in the book which is weight. Uh, so with the word you break it up and it's why am I talking? Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I feel like I know what that could be already. <laughs> so you know when you are frustrated by the day you've had and so the person that you take things out on is usually your beloved yeah. <laughs> um, and 
so using weight, you go, right, you say the word in your head and it's a reminder to think, is this what I want to say? Is this how I want to say it? Or do I want to just go away and then maybe I'll revisit it later and if I'm still feeling the way I'm feeling, I'll talk to Harry about it in a rational you know, way. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong, I still fire off at Harry, um, <laughs> but I have found it helpful um, having that kind of word up my sleeve. Mm. Um, and also just picking our times to talk. You know, we've made some pretty big decisions recently about, you know, Lola's about to start school. Do we want to be um, living in London? Do we want to move out? You know, all these big conversations. You know, and you're kind of snatching conversations here and there with toddler hanging off your leg, and it's just not the right time. Mm. Um, so it's been such a learning kind of process of how how to um, to have those communications. So I suppose in terms of practicing mindfulness on that level, um, I think those sorts of things have helped within um, you know kind of our relationship and how how we communicate with one another. Mm. Because it can get really tricky, can't it? I mean, that's one of the things I think Hendrik and I have struggled with is actually having any form of adult conversation because by the time our daughter Amandine's gone to bed, we're both exhausted, way too exhausted to have any form of conversation about anything important. And then you do try and steal these little times in the day when, you know, Amandine is is playing quietly for just a second, but then you only get halfway through it and no conversation is ever finished. <laughs> no, no conversation is ever finished. And I don't. I find it very, very difficult to be able to really take in what Harry's saying. So mm. I think that's the thing I try and say to him, you know, my mind is thinking about the wash that needs to go in the dryer or the fact that I need to start, I need to defrost that for, to, you know, for tomorrow's tea or I need to be... Um, getting their school bag ready or all these things are going through my head so I can't focus and he needs my attention mm. so whereas he's much more but this can we not let's just have this conversation so it's just being kind of aware um and like you're saying you know when they've gone to bed I'm like Harry just I need to eat and then we can talk mm. <laughs> please don't talk to me whilst I'm hungry and um and so often we found, you know, maybe over dinner um, is quite a good time to kind of, um, you know, sit down and, and chat. And but then, don't you find, you know, you're talking about childcare or yeah. um, <laughs> it's just this. Yes, I talk to you about. And then I find I've got so many diaries going, you know, and so many different um, ways of trying to communicate our lives of what we're doing day to day. <laughs> And if they're not with you, you're talking about them, so... I know, that's it. <laughs> yeah, we, Harry and I's new favourite thing is looking at videos of them when they were, you know, younger. Oh. I know, because time just goes so quickly. I have experienced nothing like it. I mean, our daughter is only just over a year old, and if you've asked me what I have done in this year, I just couldn't tell you, because this year feels like a couple of months. Yeah. I have no idea how we're at Christmas already. Really no idea whatsoever. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? And I think in the intro of, of the book, I say, you know, people say enjoy it. It goes so fast. You know, when I meet um, older mums who, you know, children are kind of at school or going to university, they always say that to me. Um, and I know I'll be that mum that says it to the younger mum. Mm. Uh, but... I kind of think, but how, you know, it's so hard, mm. like, you know, and so 
that's why I was sort of reaching out for other ways to kind of take in that moment, to be able to be present and, you know, enjoy as much as I can, um, you know, while they are little. Absolutely, because I think we we can, and and again, I think you've mentioned it before, um, I think it's me reading your book, but um, about, you know, breastfeeding and however your journey evolves as a mother, you know, sometimes it is really, really, really difficult, and then people are saying, well, you know, enjoy it, enjoy it, and you're thinking, well, how how can I enjoy this moment? This this isn't enjoyable right now, and then you get filled with with guilt. Um, Yeah. Breastfeeding was like the biggest challenge mm. for me. It was more more so than than birth. I mean, it was painful. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I found I I found it very. I, I was physically uncomfortable breastfeeding in front of um, other people. Just on a personal, that was just how I personally felt. So therefore, you know, leaving the house, I found I was really anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't know. I just it was just not what I was expecting at all. You know, I remember being in like an NCT class and then showing a video of the baby kind of crawling up your chest and finding the nipple. I was like, that is not what's going on here. (laughs) I've got a screaming, starving baby. I'm completely engorged. They're cracked. I'm sore. um, And this baby needs feeding. And it, oh, my goodness me, it was the most emotionally draining part I found Mm. in those kind of first 12 weeks. Mm. Um. Yeah, I don't know how you experience, you know, everybody's breastfeeding story is so different or or whatever way you choose to, you know, feed your baby. But mm, I, the, the first two weeks were tough for me, um, but but it it wasn't then then it got one then it yeah. became really wonderful. Um, yeah. But yeah, the first few weeks, I really felt like I had to kind of get my head down and just and just attempt to get through it, which was which I'm pleased I did in the end but I I feel like I was one of the lucky ones you know because I I think a lot of a lot of mums do not experience that it's not just two weeks (laughs) well and I mean with Lola I like you I kind of got through the the hurdle Mm. when I had Kit you know I had Lola to look after and Mm. I just wasn't able life had to like go on Mm. I you know, Lola still needed looking after and feeding and everything else. So um, I had terrible guilt with Kit that I, I, I basically expressed a lot with Kit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with um, when he was eight weeks old, he got terrible bronchiolitis and oh, we no. were blue lighted um, to hospital. It was utterly terrifying, which is another reason why um, Harry booked me in for a mindfulness course because he was saying, "Why have you stopped practicing mindfulness? It helped you so much." Mm. Um, and I remember just this overwhelming feeling that you know, I'd, and just this desire to breastfeed him. I just so wanted to, but it was just so hard, and he just wouldn't latch and. Yeah, it was just um, so difficult when your your most natural thing is to want to feed, however, you know, whatever way. Mm. Um, And, yeah, so I I did in those early days. And and like you were saying before, Emma, about, you know, you get kind of 
the buggy ready and the clothes ready and everything's practically organized but mentally we're not very prepared and um, I remember someone saying to me you know if you had a job interview you would you would prepare yes um, obviously I'm not comparing a, <laughs> a baby to a job interview but it's that sense of like you almost just go into it a bit blind mm-hmm. um, and there are actually things you can put in place to kind of help prepare you for um those early days to help support you and you know um there I talk about a a little bit about early days of of motherhood in the book so um because I think there were things I could have done like accept help yeah completely and there are some wonderful postnatal kits now available aren't there with um where with, with lots of information on and um I think they're they're really great but the biggest thing is accepting help I completely agree and we're definitely now in a, in a time where we're having those conversations. So I think, and there's amazing communities online, so there is more support. Mm. Definitely, we're, we're, I think, really acknowledging it now that there needs to be, you know, support for maternal mental health. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's wrap up with a few of your favourite things from the book. So could you share with us your two favourite mindfulness activities that you, just for you, love that might help any mums who are feeling slightly overwhelmed or wanting to be a bit more present listening? So, oh, it's kind of tough to, to choose because there's <laughs> a few that I, that I really love. Um, there's a really simple one which is called uh, Calm Begins With Me, uh, where you, um, just using your hands, um, you touch your thumb and your first finger, then second, then third, then fourth, and as you um, touch each finger, you just say, Calm Begins With Me. Um, and the more you kind of practice this action, it triggers a reminder um, to just take a pause before you um, go back into whatever situation you're in whether that's at home or at work or whether you're feeling frustrated or um emotional whatever it might be so I find that one just really useful because no one can really see that you're doing it but you've got it there and it's always with you because it's with your hands Mm. um and then the other one is one that I use um for myself um and with Lola and I used it um, during my pregnancies especially after a miscarriage when I felt vulnerable where I just simply put one hand on my heart and um, one hand on my on my tummy and you just say um, may I be happy may I be healthy may I be calm may I be safe um, and if I'm doing that with Lola or Kit I just put one hand on their heart and one hand on mine and it's just a really peaceful, gentle kind of reminder um, that that's really what ma- what matters most. Um, mm. Oh gosh, and there's so many. I mean, <laughs> in the book, I use I use all of them, um, but there's a couple kind of yeah to to keep you going. Thank you. And fi- finishing off with your top tip um, to mums, especially with a new school term starting. Yeah. Either um, mindful acti- mindfulness activity or from your experience. Yeah, so there's one um, exercise um, in the in the book called "Charge Up Your Heart," which 
um, is an exercise, especially if a child's kind of starting a new school, um, where you um, can just draw a little heart on your hand, maybe on the palm of your hand, and draw a heart on the palm of your child's hand. And you just explain as you hold hands, you're charging up their heart so that if you are... um, you know, if your child's a little bit nervous or they're having a wobble, um, they know that kind of heart's with them. Um, and also, as you leave them at school, you know, if you need a moment, you can just press the, the heart with your thumb um, and just kind of give yourself a bit of um, kindness and a bit of, uh, you know, support and a moment just to think, um, you know, everything is okay. Um, oh, that's so lovely. Um, and then... I think one of the other ones that I think I will use more as Lola gets old, Lola and Kit get older, is um, the, it's like a worry box. Because mm-hmm. um, I think it's kind of important for children to also know that you have those emotions, especially when we may have grown up with a generation that don't necessarily talk openly about how they're feeling. Mm. Um, whereas, so kind of with Lola, I might think, um you know, to tell her I felt sad today because, um, you know, whatever it might be, um, and invite her to kind of say something that might be worrying her so that hopefully as as they get older, if they have a worry, they feel they can talk to me about it um, and that it's normal. Um, and you write these, these worries down, put them in the box, and then, you know, maybe a week later you revisit the worry. And if the worry is still there, you leave it in the box. But as as they start to feel better, you might choose to rip up um, that worry, let it go. Um, and, you know, just kind of have that, that explain that you felt right then, but now it's past. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of also think, although a lot of the exercises are obviously predominantly around age appropriate for what I'm going through at the moment with my two, there are exercises that kind of adapt as they get older. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's so brilliant. I'm going to absolutely keep those in mind for when Amandine's a little bit older. I love, love, love the heart one. That sounds so lovely. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. Tell us how listeners can get a hold of your book. Is it on pre-order for release in 2020? Yes, so um, My Promise of a Month is released on the 9th of January, but you can pre-order now. Um, I've got some signed copies on um, WH Smith, um, and you can, and obviously you can um, also order from Amazon. But also I did a recording with Audible, like my audio book, um, which I really loved because I feel I'm kind of talking to the reader mm-hmm. and going through the exercises. So, and it might be, you know, something that, um, you know, if you're, I don't know, um, in bed or on the tube or whatever you might be doing on the train, um, you can kind of tap in and listen to it. So, yeah, various ways. Oh, absolutely. I love audiobooks for when your little one's having a nap and you're walking with the buggy or something. It's lovely to be able to actually listen to something that you would like to read, but just don't have the time to read. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on and giving me your time and your words today. It's been really lovely to be reminded of a lot of things and also be able to offer some um, awareness of mindfulness and some activities to listeners. So thank you. Thank you, Emma. It's been so lovely to have the chance to chat with you as well. 
huge thank you to Izzy for joining me on Mum Talk this morning. If you have any questions, and I always love to hear from you, please drop me an email at mumtalkpodcast at gmail.com or a DM, which is often easier, and Instagram account for Mum Talk, which is mumtalkpodcast. Have a lovely, lovely rest of your week, and I will be checking in with you guys next week. Lots of love.